Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. How? What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck, Nicks? What the fucksicans? Got a guy in Mexico said, where are the what the fucksicans? There you go. There, that was for you, Mexico. Hey, it's Mark Marin. This is WTF. Thank you for joining me. How are you? How are you, newbies? I, I don't know. I, I don't want it to become a plug fest, but I'll tell you, you know, if you're new to the show, you can get all the shows, all 400 and who knows how many. If you go get the free app, the WTF app for free and then upgrade to premium, you can stream like 400 shows. The most recent 50, always free for six months. That's the way we do it. Goddamn, Mike stands being squeaky. The boom is squeaking. Today, my guest is the uh, the wonderful and beautiful Sally Kellerman. Uh, she's got a book out called uh, "Read My Lips," and it's interesting because her, you know she's been around for a long time. Did several Altman movies. Uh, was the original Hot Lips Houlihan in Mash? But God, what year was that? I mean, really, what year was Mash? Can I just look it up? Nineteen seventy. She was also in Brewster McCloud and Pret-a-Porte. I mean, she's been in, well, she's been in several movies, but most people know her as Hot Lips Houlihan in the movie MASH. And and still to this day, I mean, she's done a lot of stuff. She's an author. She's a singer. She does voiceover, voiceovers. It's just, it's kind of wild when uh, you sort of carry how you were culturally identified in one huge blast at some other point in time throughout your entire life. But she was lovely, charming woman and i just love listening to uh, listening to her talk she's got one of those great voices she was also of course in back to school uh with rodney dangerfield yeah so some of you might not go all the way back to mash i talked to somebody the other night and said she was on mash and uh, they said that's a tv show i'm like what am i 50 yes i am i am 50 and it's starting to play on me i think it's all starting to resonate now my age 50 years old no biggie, man, because obviously I'm still emotionally in my 20s. I think that's the one thing that keeps this compelling is my inability to fully mature emotionally. I'm just a, a sad, angry, romantic 22-year-old boy in a 50-year-old's body. But I'm trying to deal, you know, I, like some of you know what I'm going through. It's the first time I've been alone for a while. Uh, a little heavy-hearted, been playing a lot of guitar, been just locking in. Uh, I figure like, well, I'm a, a sloppy blues musician. Now is the time for sloppy blues. So I've been spending a little time working out some of Freddie King riffs, writing the show, doing the thing, living my life. I'm, I'm now cooking again at home, which is good. I, again, I'm not feeling sorry for myself. There is just a bit of an adjustment. But I'm trying to spin the reality of it a little bigger. Oh, before I get into that, I would like to say I got a little feedback about the Elijah Wood episode. A lot of you loved it. Some of you are asking, why not? How come you didn't talk about Wilfred? And I'll be quite honest with you. There was no moratorium set down by Elijah. Uh, the fact of the matter is I just didn't get to it. That's the beauty of my show is that I get caught up in conversation and I might miss a couple of things. I don't watch the show. I know a lot of people love it, and uh, I'm not going to apologize, but uh, don't don't see conspiracy where there is none. 
It was just my oversight. Okay, there you go. That's one thing that I'm uh, mature about. I can admit that I uh, might have uh, might have uh, missed a thing, might have been wrong in 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 not addressing a thing. Yeah, it was it was me. Okay. Now getting back to fifty and the new frame of mind. Look, I'm starting to think that okay, I'm a I'm a fifty year old man. I'm twice divorced. I have no children. I now live alone. And quite honestly, it's amazing. It's amazing. I'm starting to think I might have won. I, I really am. And I, 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 I'll explain it to you. The fact is, I talk to guys my age, maybe even a little younger than me with families, and I don't really know who they're trying to convince that they've made the right choice when that when I talk to them are they are they trying to convince me or are they trying to convince themselves obviously if there is a tone of convincing going on I don't need to be convinced I am who I am this is my lot in life I don't know if I'll ever have another relationship I don't know if I'll ever have children but I'm starting to think no on both uh I imagine the loneliness will become so overwhelming that something will happen but uh but the bottom line is I I might be winning because I talk to people, you know, dudes my age, you know, about, you know, so like, how are your kids? Oh, God, it's hard. Man, is it hard. I mean, it's great. It's great. I love them. But Jesus, it is hard. I mean, sometimes it's just, it's just horrendous. But it's great. You know, it's great. They're great. I love them. But boy, it's hard. How about your wife? How's your wife doing? Oh, it's fucking terrible. We don't get along. It's it's horrendous. I love her. I mean, it's great. But Jesus, man, we just, oh, it is hard. Well, I, I mean, are you happy? I don't know. I mean, I, I it, it's great. No, it's great. But boy, is it, geez, it's fucking hard. Like, I, I don't know who they're talking to. Are you are you trying to convince me or yourself that everything's all right? Are you, how your finances are right? I got no money. You kidding with a wife and kids? Where the fuck am I going to have money? God, I love them. But Jesus, man, it is impossible. But I love it. I love it. I'm fucking, it's, it's great. It's great. How are you doing? I, you know, I, I'm a little sad, but, uh, you know, I, I, I live alone and, and uh, you know, I can save my money and do what I want to do. Wow. Boy, you're a child. Why don't you grow the fuck up and get some dependence and, uh, you know, have to struggle for the rest of your life to support them? Yeah, okay. I, I you know, I, I think I had a couple opportunities of that, but despite my own... Uh, my own desire to do it it didn't work out and i sort of have to look on the bright side but you're good oh it's hard it is hard but i love it i love it it's hard hey before i forget this friday here in los angeles downtown at the last bookstore friday november 8th i believe at 8 p.m i'm going to be doing a reading event with jerry stall uh jerry stall the amazing jerry stall of permanent midnight fame and i fatty fame uh, also, he's uh, he wrote an episode of Marin this season. Has a new book out called Happy Mutant Baby Pills, and uh, and I'm going to be reading a bit from Attempting Normal. He's going to be reading a bit from that, and that's going to be at the Last Bookstore this Friday, November eighth. We I think we're going to do some Q and A, maybe a little talking. It'll be fun, man. I love Jerry, so uh, come to that. I I imagine I'm going through somewhat of a midwife grind right now. Why don't I spend some money on stuff? Because, Mark, you just did. And I don't, I'm ashamed to admit it. I'm ashamed to admit what I bought. I went out and bought an expensive record cleaner. That's where I'm at with that 
with that fucking rabbit hole. I because I'm buying a lot of records and I'm getting a lot of records and some records are dirty and some records are deeply dirty. So I need to deeply clean them. So I bought this record cleaner that's got a vacuum on it that you kind of you put it on there, you spin it. I didn't get the most expensive one. I got the middle one, but that's where my dick led me. My dick led me to an expensive record cleaner. Again, I'm still in the right wheelhouse. Again, it's not going to hurt me, but that's where my dick led me. Uh, I'm trying to keep my dick uh, out of the human sphere because I think that's a that's a good a good play right now to process my loss and uh, you know what went wrong in my relationship. And I'm just going to keep my dick to myself and occasionally use it to buy things that I probably don't need. If there's any advice that I can give you uh, in this intro is, uh, look, if you're experiencing some weirdness, some emotional pain, some anger, keep your dick away from other people. Keep it to yourself. Use the energy. Let your dick guide you to to things, to purchases you don't need, or perhaps to doing some writing. Uh, uh, An angry dick can write some good shit. Okay? And if that's not a quotable, I don't know what is. I don't want to celebrate my own quotes, but... But that's, that's what I'm finding. Uh, an angry dick can make you buy things you probably don't need and feel some satisfaction. But if you really let a dick do its work without using it for what it was meant to be used for other than, you know, you know getting rid of waste, then an angry dick can, uh, can do some creative stuff, can drive you that way. All right? All right, artists? And I'm not saying this is just a male thing. You know, there's a female version. Um... You can never underestimate the power of an angry vagina. I mean, seriously. Look, I don't know how that is a a nice segue, but it is. It is. Let's talk to Sally Kellerman, the lovely Sally Kellerman, who's had a tremendous life in in show business. You're adorable. It's great oh, to see you. Oh, boy. Thank you so much. You look great. Thank you. And uh, and I have your book. I've, I've read some of it. It's interesting because I saw the number of movies you did. And it, I would say that everyone knows you as Hot Lips, right? Still? <laughs> Still. Exactly. <laughs> Thus the title of my book. Right. You know, it I finally it, gave in. You know. Isn't that mind-blowing? It is, yeah. That that was the role? I know it. And then you're and it's like and it was a fairly aggressive uh, uh, female personality, which you, you're not that person. Oh no, but <laughs> I, but I you know I did I was voted a nine class clown. Oh yeah. So that when Bob, well, I mean you know it's a long story, but uh, we got time. We can go back. We can start at the beginning if you want. Let's start at the beginning. Sally Kellerman is uh, you're a local. You grew up in this area. Well, right I grew here. up in uh, San Fernando, Granada Hills. And then moved to town in the uh, in my in tenth grade. So, right. where'd your family? How'd they end up here in uh, San Fernando Valley? Because it was like uh, it's not the same as it was now. Oh no, there was nothing there. And Granada Hills, I spent all my days walking, sitting under bushes, daydreaming. Uh-huh. And the real tip off that I was going to be a performer, yeah, was that one day in my walking alone with my dog, I go, I wonder why God chose me to see the world through my eyes. Uh-huh. You know, I thought, oh yeah, boy. Yeah. There it was. <laughs> if any of you know, me, me, me. Yeah, you know. chosen by God. Oh, my God, <laughs> to see the world. What was the valley like, though? What was out there? Oh, I loved it so much. Yeah. There was nothing. I mean, it was orange where I lived in Granada Hills. It was all orange groves. Um, and that was, I think Bob Hope probably owned the entire valley at that time. I don't I, know. Well, he, he owned uh, <laughs> uh, Malibu Canyon, oh, okay. all that area. Yeah, it was yeah. beautiful, rolling hills. Yeah. You know, oh, my God, it's such a gorgeous country. So what did your dad do? I mean, what was his business out there? He was a there? salesman. 
And he, and he was, just settled there. For, no, he he was a salesman. He started, you know, worked for the Shell Oil Company. He, mm-hmm. My mom, only a slight mention of it, my whole life, and I never got into it. He, my dad didn't live long enough for me to finally grow up and say, "Hey, Dad, tell me about yourself." You How know? old were you when he died? Old, but you know, thirty three. <laughs> <Yeah, okay. laughs> but yeah. I mean, <laughs> you weren't interested. I, yet, I should have been. Yeah, it took right. me. I'm a late bloomer. You know, <laughs> I talk to him all the time now yeah. that he's dead. You know, I do. Do but, you? Yeah. Sometimes I have to remind myself to call a couple of my friends who are still living. You know, just there. Uh, you know, you have conversations of, with your dad around oh, the house. My dad, my mom, really? my best friend Luana Anders, and all kinds of people. That's what I mean. I think. Wait a minute. Oh, I think I'll dial the yeah, phone yeah, and see if anybody's. Yeah, I know, you know a few people who are still alive. Yeah. Maybe I should check in with them. Exactly. No, it, it's it's great. I mean, I really, I feel very attached to all of them. You know, I feel like they're up there. Uh, yeah. Sure, rooting for me. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> me, uh, yeah, me, definitely. Me. Yeah. Well, I mean, me, 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 but that's like, you know, that's who we are, right? That's why we chose the business we chose. Yeah. Exactly. How did you find your way into, uh, like, when you were in school? Was that when was your interest sort of to be a movie star? What sparked that? Well, I came out of the womb singing and acting. You oh, know, you did. What I mean? yeah, in grammar sure. school, my best friend wrote a play. She let me star in it. Uh-huh. It's probably three minutes long or something. Uh-huh. I added a song, a sure. bo song. You know. So it was dancing and singing. Uh, sing, no dancing. No I dancing, mean, just you know, singing. Michael Kidd, I was in a Broadway musical. He said, "It, is, it isn't that you can't dance; it's that you won't." You know, because <laughs> I was so insecure. But uh, no, singing music has been my you know passion along with acting and. Uh, so in in, in uh, I I was heavy and didn't like myself in high school. So heavy, yeah, really, yeah. People always say it to me. But yeah, I was like one seventy five, five ten. You know, with a butch haircut from the valley, uh, but at Hollywood High. But I always put trios together. Uh-huh. I was always singing, and uh-huh. I did demos. And there was a group called the Four Preps that were in my high school. You know, uh-huh. and uh, Lincoln Mayorga. The last time I saw him, he was playing with Quincy Jones. Uh-huh. And we did demos in my uh, my living room. I don't know how we made them. It what kind not, of music? Not like today. Yeah. Well, then then it was jazz. Mm-hmm. My roots are in jazz for sure. And I got a contract uh, with Verve Records right out of that. That was you know Norman Grands and it had all yeah. the greats. You know, great jazz label. Yeah, it, yeah, did everybody? It was yeah, it did everybody yeah. at that time. And uh, and they signed me uh, right the summer after uh, after school. How old were you? 18. Really? So yeah. you're so you're signed to Verve Records as yeah. a vocalist at yeah. 18. Yeah. And you went to Hollywood High? Yeah. That's How, what I, I mean, I know it's corny cuz you know Lana Turner got hired from the stool of the bench, yeah. but but it was one of my best friends uh, Dawn Richards who knew Norman Granz and she took it there and Barney Kessel signed me. And, but uh you know and and the, I was with Jack Nicholson who was in my acting class right out when I graduated from uh, Hollywood High. The summer I did. Yeah. Another friend of mine who was a child radio actress, he said, well, if you're serious, took me to the 12th grade to admit yeah, I, I was right. going to be an actress because yeah. I thought you had to be pretty. Yeah. You know, you had to, you know, they just think I was pretty and I wasn't, and I felt so not pretty, so I never told anybody. Did you act in high school, though? Well, only when I got into the 12th grade, but mostly I just sang. I, it was okay to sing and be sure. a geek, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but, yeah. you know, to be to say you wanted to be an actress. In you know, Hollywood, movies. must have been like... Yeah, you know, and I said, no, but they know I couldn't do that. But did then, you go to school with a bunch of kids whose parents were in the business? No. no didn't know anybody? No, didn't huh. know anybody, you know. Because that kind of got... I think Hollywood High was sort of... Uh, a lot of actors' kids went there at some point, didn't they? I don't. Maybe it was before, after, I, before, or after yeah, my yeah. time. I think did Carol Carol Burnett went there. Really? Know? Yeah. Did you know her in high school? No, <laughs> I. Uh, I think she was a little before me. Maybe uh-huh. I don't. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, she's listening now, going, "What do you mean I was behind you? You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't How know. dare you? Yeah, exactly. But 
anyway, the simple answer to your question is uh, I always wanted to be, I knew exactly what I wanted to do, and it turned out I had learning disabilities, which I didn't find out until my what younger. What kind? Dyslexia. I learned nothing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that kind. Oh, you couldn't pay attention. I got F's. So you like ADD or something, or whatever. I don't know. Whatever yeah. I am, you know, uh-huh. the school went by, and right. I didn't ever care because I yeah. knew what I wanted to do, and I liked people. I, so yeah. I could hang out with my pals in the quad. Yeah, yeah. You know, my parents were his thrill for me. So tell me about this acting class. So how that? I mean, because it was. It sounds like it was fairly. Uh, like important I mean yeah it was who was that guy I'm gonna tell you good his name was Jeff Corey and uh, my friend Norma Jean Nielsen she said well if you're serious about being an actress you have to go to this guy he worked with James Dean and uh, you you have to go to this class so I went to the class yeah and it was James Coburn and uh, Jack Nicholson and Robert Town who wrote Chinatown you know great writer and uh Carol Eastman, who wrote Five Easy Pieces. and Was she in that movie as well? No, no. I don't think so, no. no. And then uh, Shirley Knight. Wow. Came in later. And me and Luana, my, my best friend, you know, we were like kind of, we were like the butch girls, you know, we didn't, oh, girls that wore makeup and everything, you know, uh-huh. I had my dad's big baggy shirt, you know, and yeah. awful, they didn't make cute jeans or anything, it was just like, you know. Yeah. You had to do the best you could. And you guys were like kids. And, yeah, and we didn't wear any makeup or anything like that. And uh, when Shirley Knight came into class, yeah. she could cry. Uh-huh. Oh, right on a dot. Just tears uh-huh. bubbling down her hands. You know, my a great director I worked with from Yale, uh, I did Virginia Woolf with, he said, if crying is acting, my Aunt Fanny would have been a star. <laughs> so I've always hung on to that. You know, I cry like a baby, you know, like yeah. a real self-fitting baby in real life. But, you know, in the old days when they'd say, roll it and cry. Yeah. Couldn't do, uh, couldn't do it. Now I can cry. You can do it? No, nah, yeah. Somehow my skills developed, you know. How, is there a trick to crying? Do you have to think no, about something I sad? I think or, you have to just or really be Or is it a physiological in, thing? I think you just have to really be in the moment, you know, and, and if things touch you, you know. Right. So this guy, Jeff Corey. So Jeff Corey. Was he like a wizard? Was he like he one of was. these Buddhas? Uh, For me, he was because, as I said, I keep always putting myself down, but, you know, sort of geeky and everything. Yeah. And, and he saw something in me, you uh-huh. know, the very first night that I was there, I did a scene from Saroyan's something, uh-huh. and he said, have you ever acted before? I said, well, and, you know, I was the mother in, uh-huh. meet me in St. Louis in high school, you know. I did that play in, in junior high. You did? Yeah, yeah, I played the boss. Oh. Uh, Mr. So-and-so, I don't remember. I don't remember either. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I added a song. Oh, you I got to sing Lavender Blue, <laughs> you know. And uh, So you told him you were So I told play. him, you know, so, and he said, well... Anyway, he saw, you know, he saw that I didn't like myself. He saw, and pull those sweaters up over your hands and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then he told me that I needed to, I needed, ultimately he told me that I needed to see a shrink, you know. I, really? Because he could see that I didn't like myself. And he said, and you're beautiful. And, you know, and I oh. knew he meant inside, uh-huh, you know. Uh-huh. And he, I felt like he saw my soul, you know. And in those days, I wasn't doing any comedy. I was, right. you know, really getting down. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Is is that what a good acting teacher does, though? Because, you know, I hear about these acting classes that are almost cult-like. Now, and it seems like the ones that get really well-known as places where people go to learn, even if it's, um, you know, Strasbourg or or any of them, that the teacher has a certain, you know, sensitivity or, or charisma that, you know, people really feed off of. And you felt like right away he was able to sort of pick you apart and... Send he you was, to a shrink? Well, he didn't send me to a shrink right yeah. away, but he I knew that he saw something in me, that I always felt I would never say anything to anybody. And in the book, I 
I keep saying, you know, I go to the mirror sometimes when I really feel bad, and I go, someday I look, and I didn't even know what I meant. Yeah. But I had this sort of mantra yeah. that I would say. And so that somewhere I knew that I had talent and that, that you know, that this is what I would Did you go to a shrink? Do. I went to UCLA to, a, yeah, like an assistant shrink or something oh, like really? that. Oh, really? A student yeah. shrink? You're like, yeah, yeah. I yeah. said I need to work some stuff out. And he said, you know, and, and, and did you masturbate? And I cried for an hour and a half. <laughs> I waited the whole, the whole hour went by. I cried so hard. Was that I'm it? I'm so ashamed, you know. Yeah. Oh, really? That oh, was- yeah. My, my my early best friends when I was a kid in grammar school, you know, uh, yeah. taught me how to, you know, suggested that I just, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, masturbate. Yeah. yeah. And that helped? <laughs> you know, until I got that good feeling. Yeah, she yeah, said, you know, sure. I don't have it, you know. <laughs> but anyway. But that wasn't the source so of So all problem. my life, you know, I'd always say to God, you know, that yeah. I would never do it again. You know, he'd forgive me. You know, oh my God, it's a miracle. Oh, and my. speaking of being so real and honest, you know. Yeah, but that's what like do I think the, I am. That was one of the best things in the world, masturbation. I mean, I don't know why anyone would ever shame anybody for doing that. I don't think anybody did shame me. You know, yeah. I, I just that. Uh, was... But when I moved away and, and my and my girlfriend and I, we talked to the phone, do you still do that thing? I go, I know. Do you know? Neither one of us did that. You know? <laughs> But, uh, but did, so glad we could be able to get right to that. No, no, it's a it's a good thing. It's important. Masturbation is important. It's very important, guys. But what what did um, how did you begin to um, move through this insecurity? Because I mean, it's not unusual for 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 actors or for people that are in performing arts to to have that. I mean, I think it drives a lot of us for some reason that sort of need for approval. I mean, how did you start to work through that? You know, I grew up in a very spiritual family. You what know, does that mean? Uh, uh, well, it means. It means there was a lot of love. Uh-huh. There was a lot of, as my mom would say, everything we need is within us. And, uh, oh, really? Yeah. I mean, she really, uh, you know, it was a Christian science, which is so, so controversial, you know. It was she, Christian you, science. Yes, it was, which is a more spiritual uh, than religious kind of experience. I think people are usually kind of taken aback by their approach to medicine. Well, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, and letting your children die yeah, yeah. or something. And my mother's best friend died of pneumonia, and mother came home and said she heard angels. But when my mom, when I was a waitress in some of my funniest, happiest days of my oh, life, yeah, sure. uh, she hemorrhaged, and they went right to the hospital. She wasn't, you know, and she'd been a first and second reader and everything, but it was the things that, you know, darling, nothing is too good to happen, and... And uh, it was just a very, you know, positive. positive. And Mm -hmm. I always used to tell people, I didn't have to run home when I skinned my knee uh, because I knew, you know, I'm God's perfect child and I'm all right, you know. And then people in junior high, they'd say, how do you, what would you do if you broke your arm? And I'd say, well, we work to know that we're not going to break our arm. And I never did break my arm, you know, (laughs) so it worked out beautifully. (laughs) (laughs) But at 18, I just rebelled, you know, if if God is love, how come I'm fat and I don't have a boyfriend, I'm not a movie star, you know, so my (laughs) poor mother had to live through that. (laughs) But what she left me with, this legacy of faith, Mm -hmm. is like fantastic, you know, where maybe people, there are people listening and go, oh, brother, faith, you know. But it's given me such strength. and But not specific, uh, or is it specific? No, I mean, it's... It's just, well, it's certainly God-based, in right. other words, you know, or higher power, whatever, right. whatever you want right. to call it. But a sense that 
that I'm, you know, that I'm not on my own. That yeah. you know, that things happen, miracles happen all the time in yeah. my life, and I'm sure in yours, and things that you're not expecting, and suddenly there they are. You just have to stop and so acknowledge them. They can stop and acknowledge them. The more I focus on the good and and sure. uh, letting go, mm-hmm. and also you know, being present for them, because a lot of times when you get ambitious or you know you want things to happen, you don't see that things are happening, and you're like yeah, desperate, and striving, yeah. and yeah, I'm mean, going to make it, and then yeah, you're yeah. depressed, and yeah, I mean, yeah. I've been through all that, you know, but. Yeah. But at this time in my life, nice thing about living so long, you know, you <laughs> yeah. get a little more wisdom. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not going on the road with my wisdom, but sure. you know. Sure, you but could. You could if you wanted. I you could, could put that together. But what what my wisdom has afforded me is I've never had so much fun because I sing, you know, and I always have. And, and you're uh, still singing. I'm out there singing, man. Uh, I'm I'm desperate to sing. I can't sing enough, and I can't sing enough because it's absolute one of those pure joy deals. It's 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 terribly frightening to me. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I got guitars here, and but I've always been afraid to do it in front of people. Yeah, like and I just recently, (coughs) within the last few years, sang in front of people, and it like freed me. Like I've been scared of it on my whole life because I think it's much more vulnerable and much more raw than acting or anything. I just I think singing. Like I watch musicals, I cry just because there's so many people. Singing. Oh, I do too. I, just because of too. singing, even if it's a happy musical. And and you go to a musical and you hear the overture and I'm crying. Exactly. But uh, it's taken me forty years, you know, from my from my first uh, record contract at Verve. And everyone asked me at the beginning of the book, they say, well, wait a minute, you said that, why didn't you make a record- recording at that time? Yeah. And I didn't know why, except that I was so afraid. Right. I was going to be all alone singing, you know, I didn't know there was going right. to be a keyboard guy that I'd fall in love with, you know, and, and a band, uh, and yeah, you know. Yeah. And, but the acting class was nurturing. Yeah. Jeff okay. helped yeah. me grow up. Right, in the, right. In that, you know, that situation, it was warm, and it was other friends and people, and people I knew, and, you know, that I loved. But you must have been the youngest one in the room, right? I mean, how old was Nick? No, I think Jack time? was that age, too, and he like, was always magical. And like always, 19 or whatever? 18, yeah, 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 18, 19, yeah. So you knew Jack Nicholson when he was 19? Yeah, and 20, and yeah, and we were really good pals, and... Uh, Oh, I love Jack. You know, even now, as I say to him, Jack, you know, I've always loved you in spite yeah. of yourself. You know, <laughs> whatever you feel about me, but, but could you forty s- years later, I still love you. You see you him know? sometimes. I do, just yeah. every now and then, and talk, mostly on the phone or something. Oh yeah, you guys still yeah. talk like old pals. Yeah, I guess we do. Sure, yeah. <laughs> but I can't. He's ab- great. He's the greatest. Yeah, he he really is great. And at that time, mm-hmm. what he was doing, Corman movies, or yes, one he of- was. Well, you know, he had it all together, man. He had that silly high voice, you know, and everything. But he just hooked in with Roger and Carol and everybody else, you uh-huh. know. And, and I'd be like you know, Geeko in the background, you know. And yeah, finally, yeah. Roger gave me a part. As in what movie? Extra oh, Machine yeah. Gun Kelly playing oh, yeah. a prostitute. You okay. know. How perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I was grateful to have What him. was Corman like at that time? Well, he was in my class, too, by the way. Really? Uh, yeah, he wanted How old to... was that guy then? I, mean, I, I don't can't, know. I, can't I always I... think he's a little older than us, but, you know. Probably, he probably isn't. Probably not too much, you know. But uh, he would stand in the front of the class with his eyes closed tight like this, you know. And Jeff would say, Roger, you have to open your eyes. You know? And then he'd slowly, <laughs> in the, the middle of the what, improvisation, yeah. turn around with his back to everybody. You uh-huh. know? So... Uh, anyway, he was. He was That's great. so wild about those kind of acting classes where you, you know, they just throw you into these situations and you're up there with another person in front of all these young people that are supposedly supportive, which they are, but it's terrifying. And and getting back to the music, yeah. it's easier for me now to sing than it is from all the acting. Acting, 
Yeah. No, it's just easy. I'm hoping. I'm thinking because I've done a couple of independent movies this yeah. last, last year. You know, one playing an Alzheimer's uh, patient, and I don't know why I said yes because I hadn't been acting, and I suddenly went. What have I done? Why have I said yes? Oh, my oh, God, if I don't do it right, you know, it's not a funny situation. So I was really proud. I did a lot of research, and it worked out. And uh, But I think my acting is better now Uh-oh. because of the freedom I found. It took me 40 years to get on that stage, and I go on with no script, no anything. I don't know what's going to happen. And Because last week I got a lot of laughs. I think, oh, my God. I have nothing in my head. I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no idea. And I walk out there the other night. I went, hello. And everybody laughed, you know. So I'm not supposed to laugh. Altman was a big, you know, he was involved in my music. I don't give a shit what you say. I just want to hear you sing, you know. Uh-huh. Don't talk. Don't talk. And uh, uh, I did big shows where everything was written, you know, structured. And uh-huh. one thing followed uh-huh. the other. Uh-huh. And backup singers and, you yeah. know, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, now I just... I'm out there, and I'm telling you, I love the audiences so much. I'm so free. It's so free. Well, you have you have self acceptance now. Yeah, and great songs. Yeah, and uh, you know, and just it's so much fun. I like to go down in the audience, and I don't kiss them, but I do try to touch everyone in the room. You know, uh-huh. and look and sing in their eyes. Uh-huh. And, you know, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just so much fun. Just one song. But I mean, fear is exhausting after a certain point. Boy, no shit. <laughs> You know, I seem to be the one swearing. Do we swear on yeah, this? Yeah, of course. Uh, no iPod? problem. Say whatever you want. Do we say, oh, shit, Sherlock? Yeah, no, hell shit, yeah. Sherlock? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Okay. Who was at the actor's studio when you were there? Like the yeah, other actors? Uh, Anyone we know? No. Not that I In the book, of. you talk about meeting Marlon Brando, which I thought was sort of uh, both exciting and creepy at the same time. Oh, was it creepy? Why was it creepy? Well, because you're like a teenager, and you oh. ran into him, and he's like, get in my car. What, yeah. how, what, what oh, happened? no, it's so much more fun than that. Okay. It's, it's one of the most heavenly moments of my life, you know. I'm sorry. When I, I, was, in ju- uh, yeah, when I was in junior high, uh, uh, Danny Kaye, you know, yeah. Bill Crosby, uh, yeah, yeah. Day, they were all my heroes. You yeah, know? yeah. And then I went to see v- uh, Viva Zapata uh, in, right. in, in, in the theater, great. Yeah, and, and my life changed, you know. Yeah. I learned about seething sexuality and yeah. vulnerability, that it wasn't terrible to be vulnerable, you yeah. know, because I was so shy. And, yeah. and, uh, and he was standing there without a shirt and these white drawstring pants looking out the window, you yeah. know. Yeah, uh, Marlon. Marlon. Yeah. Viva, you know, Zapata. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so that, you know, then I saw the men and the wild men and, you know, guys and dolls and uh-huh. on the water. I saw everything seven times, no less than seven yeah, times. Yeah. And when I moved to Hollywood High and then I graduated and I'm driving down Hollywood Boulevard one day and I look over and this beat up white car is Marlon Brando. And I go, oh my God, oh, that can't be Marlon because he'd be in a limo. Yeah. You know, I had no idea what yeah. private life. And then so I started seeing him in a movie once in white pants. So I went right out and with my little money from my waitress days and bought a pair of white pants and... And everything. No, I mean, he, I worshipped him, and I thought I told my friends he would understand me, you know, because I had a weight problem. Yeah. He, I hear that he had a weight problem. In those days, he had no weight problem. He yeah. was the most gorgeous thing that ever walked, you know. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so one night, Al Latier, this this club we all hung out in called um, Cosmo Alley, and, and Stan Getz was playing there. And Al Latier, he was in The Godfather and a friend of Marlon's. So I didn't know that. But uh, anyway, he, Al, hi, Al, I want to see Stan. Can I get in? He says, yeah, I'll put you right over here. He sits me down. And I'm not looking because I don't know who I came with. But, I, you know, he yeah. left and I didn't care. But uh, so I sit down in this chair. And suddenly this this young black guy, he stands up in the dark you know, and says, Sayonara on the waterfront, Marlon Brando, how do you do? Mm-hmm. And I looked over, here's Marlon Brando sitting right next to him, and he throws his head back and he laughs. 
Well, I turned to stone. Uh-huh. So two sets of Stan Getz, which I loved, you know, worshipped him too. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I didn't look to the. I did not move. I mm-hmm. didn't look to the left or the right, and I had this bleach blonde hair and yeah, you know one seventy and five ten and a big talker. I didn't say a word. <laughs> and when my date left, he goes, "I'm leaving." I go, "Goodbye." <laughs> and then, and now the lights come up, and I'm still sitting there because I know he's still sitting yeah, there, yeah. and I don't dare look. And then suddenly I hear. So what are you, an actress? And I whirl around. I say, yes, I am. I don't think it's funny. And he says, would you like to go for a ride? <laughs> yes, I would. And so we get in this beat-up car, and I'm out of my mind. I'm okay. so in love and so panicked and scared and, you know, every every feeling you could have. And we go about a fourth of a block, and he reaches over and touches my arm, and I pull back. Yeah. And he says, right, I wouldn't want to spoil this beautiful friendship. And he turns the car around and drops me off in front of the club. And someone said, you must have been so devastated. I said, devastated? I was so thrilled and excited and over the moon. I was in Marlon Brando's car, you know. What do you think that was? What do you, what do you think that moment meant when he said, uh, I wouldn't want to ruin this beautiful friendship? Do you think he was like, he decided in that moment not to... He knew try- he wasn't going to get laid. Yeah, no. He was like just bummed because, yeah, you know, yeah. man, I could have had a good, a cool night, you <laughs> yeah, know, a yeah. quick... Quick, you know, how do you do? And then on with my evening, you know. So now, now one night after work, I'm cleaning the tables off. You know, yeah. and it was a small place. It was yeah. just a little Indian out of sun. You walked back into this little patio uh, on Sunset Boulevard. And uh, so anyway, we're closed. Mm-hmm. So I'm wiping the tables. And mm-hmm. suddenly I hear Max, who thought he was Napoleon and he looked like him. And everything. he says, Sally, we're open. I say, we are. And I look up and coming through the patio is Marlon Brando with this big, tall, blonde guy. Yeah. And I just spent the last year in analysis, in therapy, trying to get over this crush on Marlon Brando. Well, and the masturbating. I am. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, Every minute. And so now I, so I just, I'm staying away from, and I'm wiping every table. I don't have to look. And he says, "Sally, give them the the menus." Mm -hmm. Plunk the menus and back to my as far as away. And then I had to get this hot cider, and so I. Anyway, I wiped myself into a corner right near where he was sitting. Yeah. I couldn't get any. I, there was nothing left to wipe, and I, yeah. uh, I'm with my back to him. And he goes, Sally, don't you remember me, or are uh, you playing it cool? And I whirled around, and I said, I'm playing it cool because every minute I ever spent with you was the worst minute of my life. <laughs> oh, my God. And then he smiled, and he said, would you like to come up to the house? <laughs> yes, I would. Oh, my God. <laughs> Long story short, we ended up on his bed, and this is, someone said they didn't know if this was pitiful Uh or fantastic, Uh you know, but we ended up on his bed talking, and and he accidentally, I mean, just uh, something, I said something, you know, kind of too tender or something, and he just touched me to, to, you know, be nice. Yeah. And I said, well, don't, and I just blurted out, don't touch me because you'll never touch me as much as I want you to. And the next thing is like a dream sequence. And yeah. I am now in Marlon Brando's bed, spending the night going, no, don't, blah, 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 pushing, you know, yeah. f- fending him off for yeah. the night. All well, night. Be- why? Because I wanted to be special, ladies and gentlemen. I wanted to be special. <laughs> and he was still very, very attractive. He was around the Young Lions time. So oh, he was yeah. still great looking. You know, With he wasn't fat. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. So, and he, I, I got to go watch him work once. And I really learned something. So you never him. slept with him? It is a mistake I wouldn't make in my next life, you know. <laughs> That's all I can tell you, you know. It was a really, you know, to have this, to love this man like I did. But, you know, and I... And then to ruin it. Yeah, and then I said, I was special, all right. He hated me the next day. Oh, my God, he was slamming doors and everything. You know, really? He, he didn't get any sleep either. He was so busy fighting right. him off. Right. All right. So That's I hilarious. Him, but he was so sweet whenever I'd see him, he'd go, 
So how old are you, Sally? Now, you know. And and before before he died, he I I let them throw knives at me at the Circus of the Stars, mm-hmm. you know. And my husband got off a plane from London and said, I hope they gave you a million dollars, you know. And then I heard from some one of my friends that Marlon was at their house watching circus. He said, Sally shouldn't have done that because that was very dangerous. So I said, that was my reward. <laughs> that he cared he whether cared. he still cared. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How was, well, I mean, you were part of this, like that, that era in Hollywood, it, it seemed almost to me, you know, nope. as a guy who's, uh, you know, who can romanticize it. It was before me a little bit, but that seemed to be like the biggest party and the biggest fun times to to live in Hollywood when the, you know, the, you know, Laurel Canyon crew and Beatty and Nicholson and, and uh, Bob Raffleson and Hopper and all those cats. Yeah, and Dennis, right. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, wh- and there were no paparazzi and this was before even Altman, you know, and, and no paparazzi, nobody, they could come in and people came in there every night. To where you, you know, were working? Yeah. yeah. I was in my biggest starring role. I waited on more movie stars than I worked with in my entire career. But, yeah. But, uh, you know, long brown hair and my high school skirt with yeah. the crinoline, you know. <laughs> and, well, what, what do you, who do you remember being like, you know, yeah, interesting and nice to you? Or like, like were there moments where you're like, well, oh my, like you, that guy's an asshole or that guy's a much nicer guy than I thought? And, well, Harry Gardino, you know who he is? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so uh, he came in there one night and somebody said to me while I was waiting on tables, he said, some of the stranger he says boy you're really big and Harry turns around and says no she's not she's a woman well shortly thereafter maybe that same night or another night Warren Beatty comes in fresh from New York or wherever he came from and uh, you know just a young boy and uh and uh, his an agent Paul Brandon came over and said you know uh, this guy Warren Beatty would like to know if you would like to have dinner with him or something and I was like oh (laughs) <laughs> Please, you know this young boy, Harry Gardino, had said I was a woman. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't possibly. The next day, the next year, Warren was the biggest, biggest star in the world, the handsomest. You know, yeah. And I could never get on that list of dinner and <laughs> that was it. and a roll on the hay. Yeah, you know? that was, that was no, your. Was you so, couldn't get in bed with Warren Beatty. Come on, yeah, you so could have. Un, so unfair. No, I'm saying, but I I could have gotten in bed with him then. I couldn't. Yeah, but I couldn't have gotten a dinner and a, no. and a movie. You know, I, I you know I had my standards. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean? yeah. So that's interesting. So you like, but so the the relationships that you built, like when you were early on, that you sort of maintained. I always wonder about who keeps in touch with who. Like yeah. you know, like you say, sometimes you see Jack, and you went. You were I close keep with in touch Jack. with Jack. You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, he says it's good you called Sally. You know, because yeah, yeah. it was up to me. You know, and I mean, uh, because I love him. Yeah, you yeah. know, I don't give a shit. You know, and I'm not. I don't need anything from him. So yeah, I'm yeah. not. Uh, you yeah, know. yeah. Yeah, and and Warren, you know, I don't know that Warren and I were ever really that close, but mm-hmm. I've always adored him, and it's always great to see him. But He's what about always, through, Bob Altman through his wife? Uh, uh, all his life, you kept uh, from the moment him. I met him, yeah, and so stupid, you know, the man gave me a career. Yeah. And and when I didn't want to do the film, and then I went back, someone I mean, you have to go back. So I read the script again. He told me in the middle of me, I'll give you the best part in the picture. I didn't know who he was. Hot lips, and I just wore red lips. My sister always said, "Shut up, big lips," and yeah. your ugly voice. But so I that day I wore red lips, and and so anyway I went back, so mad at him because I went through and counted the lines, you know, and I couldn't even find any. Yeah. So I go back to meet him, and I go, and he was alone this time before yeah. he was in a big room full of people. I say. I'm not just a whack, I'm a woman, and why does she have to leave the film, and why couldn't she do this, and why couldn't she do that, and why, and he said, well, leaning back casually in his chair, why couldn't she? You could end up with something or nothing, why don't you take a chance? I was like, huh? I'd come from TV, I did every TV, guested on every TV show from Star Trek to, you know, everything uh, Uh in the 60s. So you were were, almost all television. 
It was all that, yeah. yes, exactly. All episodic And I stuff. wanted so much to be in the movies. I did one picture with uh, George Papard when I was thin, and I got to dance in front of a fireplace and say, booby, booby, booby. And I thought that would rocket me to start him, but no one saw the film. It was uh-huh. George Papard and Elizabeth Ashley. Uh-huh. When, when did you first start doing the episodic television? Like right when, in, in the 60s, early yeah. 60s, okay. and all through the 60s. And you did like, did you do the Twilight Zone and that kind of stuff, or was that still I around? did Two Outer Limits is what started my Outer career. Outer Limits, right. Uh, um, God, I can't think of his name. Well, have I lived a long time, guys? You yeah, know, yeah, just yeah, to say, yeah. Oh, my God. Joe Stefano. Okay. He wrote the screenplay of Psycho, and he yeah. saw me in a play where I got the worst reviews, although her wooden betrayal of Stockman's daughter, uh-huh. you know, her uh-huh. fresh beauty, yeah. uh, she should get out of the business. And, and why Joe came to see a second play, I'll never know, but he goes, your growth is amazing, and I'm going to get blah, blah. He sent me a script that part is angry the magic is yours and then it was the last thing that showed and he had me come to a rough cut if you've ever been to a rough cut you don't ever want to go again no music no nothing no nothing and i thought i was the way he talked about me i thought i was going to see elizabeth taylor instead there i was the geek you know i raced to vic morrow's dressing room in combat you know i'm not only ugly i'm untalented (laughs) and the show didn't show for the whole season it was the last one to show but joe took out a letter that said the part is angry oh no that was what he sent me you all know Sally as an actress, but tonight you will see her as the star she really is, and a picture of me with stars in my eyes. And I never stopped working from that moment on. I just went from the Chrysler Hour to craft to the pilot huh? of Star Trek. I just and he wrote another one for me with Martin Landau and in a house coat, killing this lovely outer space monster. And yeah, I mean, I you know, so I did all that, but now I'm wanting desperately to be in the movies, and, yeah. and you know, and he's telling me I will give you the best part in the picture. How'd you get the audition with Altman? I don't know. They just called up. You know, he wasn't so, a big deal yeah. anyway at that time. He just done one film. I didn't do well, and and uh, I had an agent, and so they sent me out. And uh, but it was just love at second sight. I yeah. mean, I just knew I was home, man. You know, because of the learning things. I didn't. He was not an intellectual, mm-hmm. but it was like going to a picnic with a genius. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'd already done the breakdown scene, and when he, when I did it after the shower scene, I mean, none of you have seen it or what sure, you have. Sure, of course, but, of course. Uh, I had this big tantrum with the soap suds, you know, hanging yeah, on yeah, my face. Yeah. I asked him if I could wash my hair so I wouldn't be staring at the curtain, you know. And when I got through, he didn't say cut. And I'm like, you know, and furthermore, you should blah, 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 you know. And, and he didn't say cut. And then suddenly it just hit me that everything, I was going to lose everything I cared about. And I backed out of the tent going, my commission, my commission. And he ran around the tent and said, now you can stay in the film. You're vulnerable. You've changed. And he made up everything else, and he gave me one of the biggest thrills in my life. I got to be a cheerleader. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And me and Elliot Gould and the bunch of us went on this thing for Bob's book with Catherine and everybody. And uh, they had a retrospective, and they showed MASH. I hadn't seen it in 30 years, you know. Uh-huh. And when I saw that cheerleading scene, and I heard the colonel saying, Hot lips, you're a blithering idiot. And I really was. I was leaping and jumping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, he, and Bob shouting when we're shooting, you know, Sally, when the gun goes off at the half, and he's way up over the football yeah. field. Say, my God, they shot him. And <laughs> things like that that I got to do was one of the biggest thrills of my life, just to be that big That's goofy great. cloud and that know. and that changed it was the improv that he kept the camera rolling yeah and and when he saw how you follow through with the emotions of the scene yeah he was like you're a different person and your character has changed and now you're in the movie oh i got to play poker with the guys i got laid you know yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> i got everything yeah that's amazing so in those days they thought it was chauvinistic and you know how could he be so horrible i mean but she she needed it she would never have had a life, a she full so life. She tight. was so uptight because it was her home. Right. That was another thing, like working with him. He just tossed it. When you asked Donald, when Donald Southern asked you where you're from, 
telling me like to think of the army as your home. Now I'd already done that scene and I already, you know, had a lot of stuff, but that was the whole key to the character. Right. That it was her home. She wasn't just nasty. It was the only place she had order. Yeah. And yeah. That, and that when they when they disrespected it, you know, it was like you know, yeah, blah, that's blah, right, blah, right. Blah. But I can remember it all like it was yesterday. And what we like when he when he you know he's got sort of you know very large reputation as oh. being like he, was he just uh, uh was he funny and just completely charismatic I mean what he made certainly him so- earned his his uh, reputation is it what did you say he has a very big reputation yeah, yeah. yeah oh my god oh he can be horrible and so wonderful and you yeah. know he was unstoppable if they didn't you know he'd have a big flop. Mm-hmm. And they'd be honoring him in Cannes. Right. He'd have another big flop, and they'd be honoring him. I mean, he flew me when we were doing Pret a Porter. Me and Lauren Colton McCall back to L.A. and uh, to New York in the, yeah. middle, in the middle of shooting to testify for him at this incredible evening at the uh, Lincoln Center. You know, uh-huh. and uh, I told stories about him, and people laughed a lot. And Jack Lemmon says, "No one will top you tonight." You know, yeah. and I thought, "Oh, well, thank you, Jack." Yeah. You know, and uh, at the end of the thing, and they showed all Altman's films. Like, you know, just you got this sense of how what a genius he was. You Visionary. Know? Visionary. Yeah. And afterwards, I go up to him. Bob, this was so fantastic. He said it was your night. I go, it wasn't my night, Bob. It was yours. But you know, we were very close. And then, of course. When he asked me, called me when he was making McCabe and Mrs. Miller, will I be in his film after next? I go, I'd gone from the geek to everybody telling me I was the greatest. Yeah. Got nominated for an Academy Award and Golden Globe, you know, for Hot Lips. And and I began to believe my own publicity. So he calls me, do you want blah, blah, blah? And I go, well, if the part is good, bang, he hung up on me and it turned out to be Nashville. Oh, my God. Oh. I could poke my eye out thing when I thought of it. You know, me, the singer. Yeah. Uh, he was a big supporter of my music, and we ended up doing two or three other films and some television. I was the lips on one of a great pilot he made, uh, so far ahead of his time, about all this computer age and, and gates and everything. And he just didn't. kept working, man. He never. If if they didn't have him here, he'd go to Europe. Uh-huh. If they didn't like that, he'd go to do an opera. Uh-huh. If there was just nobody. I, my husband is a very successful producer. A lot of good, great films. Is his second husband? Yeah, I had one for a year, yeah. Yeah. Who was that guy? Oh, I don't remember, but, you know, whoever he was, bless his heart, you know, it's not his fault. You know, I picked him and, uh, you know, and uh, neither one of us really liked ourselves enough, I think, to really make a go of it. And uh, But my present husband, Jonathan Crane, with a K, I've been married to for 35 years. 35? 33, yeah. That's a good run, huh? That's a good run, and we were as mad as Hatters, as he says, no one else would have us, you know, (laughs) that's why we're together, but we were separated a couple of times, we'd had everything from, you know, infidelity to, you know, crackers and cheese, and we made it through everything. what, What is the key to that, transcending those things? Well, for me, I always wanted to see what happened with love. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really, I think somewhere deeply that was the bottom line. I wanted to see how love grew if you stuck around, you know? Right. And my parents were married for 40 years. Do you think my, they went through the same thing? Before things, my though? dad died. I no, mean, but he had a quick temper, you know? Mm-hmm. He, I mean, the worst thing he ever said was what the Sam Hill, yeah. you know, and he didn't hit us or anything like that, but I was a little scared. Intense, intense. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was stern and, yeah. and, and tense, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then funny, and it was the master ceremony. You tell him you get all your talent from me, Sal? I go, I do, Dad. I mm-hmm. tell him all. <laughs> I, but it must be so hard to, to maintain a, a marriage in this business, like from what I can tell. You know, cause, well, I'm not, I'm not. Well, well I mean, on your series, when you start kissing all the leading ladies, you'll see. And all you can say is like, I didn't feel anything. It wasn't real. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> God, I did something with a guy named, uh, it was a show called Dream On. Uh-huh. And what did you do with him? 
No, I just being in this bed with him, you know, and I, I now we've been in bed for like five or six hours, you know, and uh, and he was funny, so that was just you know weeping with laughter and uh-huh. horrified and embarrassed and everything else, you know, and uh, I end up saying things like, you know, I know you like the other women, you know, more than me. I mean, hey. you know, it was just ridiculous, you know, it was so <laughs> silly. But I, I was, I like to say, I Brian Ben Ben, Brian Ben Ben, yeah, yeah he yeah. was great. I don't know, you know, but his wife now has a very successful series. Oh, I Madeline know. Stowe is her is his wife. Really? Yeah, that's he, right. She does have a. Series, he is yeah. very very funny and delightful, but. Uh, uh, but I, I like to say, oh, I've been lucky. All my nude scenes I've done alone. And then I think, huh? What have I just said? You know, in the shower and mash and, you know. <laughs> yeah. In the fountain and Brewster McLeod, Bob, you know. He says, Sally, uh, you know, I was reading the paper, how you do anything for me. Uh-huh. How do you like snakes? You know, I end up, you know, carrying a five-foot boa constrictor, you know. Yeah, yeah. I didn't do anything for Well, him. what about that whole crew of guys who were like in mash and then showed up? Like, Altman, it just seemed like... He utilized actors in such a way, and there were so many actors in every movie. It, like it felt like, did you, was there a family element to all that, or was it just another film set? Because it seems like to sit around with Elliot Gould and Donald Sutherland and uh, Duvall. I mean, were, was there a camaraderie? I mean, th- this is what I think I miss. Because I'm I'm not a movie person, obviously I'm not a movie star. But it seemed like in your generation of actors, there was camaraderie. Well, I mean, there was, but <clears throat> there was also, you know, human beings. I mean, like Elliot and Don kept themselves kind of separate. Mm-hmm. Everybody else in that group, and and but now me and Elliot and and Don, uh, Tom Skerritt and people, you know, we Tom are. Tom Skerritt. And yeah, and we love each other, and yeah. uh, we just it really is wonderful. Me and Elliot have just uh, gotten so close in the, in these last years. And yeah. He, and I love it. I, I love him. And uh, Tom, I adore. He's always such a warm, sweet guy, Tom Scarab. But yeah. he lives up in Seattle or somewhere, you know. Uh-huh. So, uh, so yes, I mean, some of these relationships do carry on and uh-huh. some don't, you know. I mean, sure. I worked with Robert Shaw. If he hadn't died, I'd have loved him the day I, wow. you know, it was, really what, was the best, uh, what was the best experience you had with Altman? Honey, he was uh, such a character. But, you know, before the last uh, time I saw him, and I, I say in my book that I've had an addiction to uh, to grass, you know, and yeah. most people who smoke grass will go, oh, what is she talking yeah, about? Yeah, the most yeah. ludicrous thing I ever heard of. But for me, it was. Well, I know a lot I of daily pot smokers who, they don't think of it as an addiction. They just think of it as just what daily. I do. Yeah, Exactly, yeah. And I heard a, a younger one, you know, just starting out, yes, I think I have the right, which is what I thought. Yes, I work real hard in the daytime. I go to the actor's studio and yeah. then I do it. Nice to be able to relax and really relax. Well, yeah. You know, then I, for the first 11 years, I think I, I blamed everything that went wrong in my life. I weren't smoking so much grass because my friends say, whenever there's anything fun, you're guilty. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but nonetheless, yeah. Milton Wexler, this brilliant shrink that I write about in the, in the book also, said just hypothetically, I was complaining about yeah. this, you know, if I said to you, you lived a disciplined life for a year, you'd have just about everything you wanted. Mm-hmm. And I quit that day. And I quit for 11 years. But at the end of that first year, I'd made four movies and met my husband in <clears throat> group therapy, by the way, when that's another story. But Yeah, uh, group but, therapy. Yeah, but anyway, I quit for 11 years, and then I quit for four, and then I quit for two, and I quit for one, and I <clears throat> wasn't honest with my twins. You know, I had, I had twins at 52. and mm-hmm. uh, uh, About what, the pot? About pot, yeah. yeah. And I always told them not to smoke, that it was addicting, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, and I know people that have smoked right in front of the kids. Their kids don't yeah. go near it, you know. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I just... I don't know what the best way would to have handled it, but I was always sorry that, you know, perhaps I'd... Why, did they smoke a lot of pot? Well, uh, no, not so much anymore. How, really. how old are your twins? 
They just turned 24 yesterday. Oh. So, uh, or Monday. Uh-huh. And they're the greatest. And, and uh, But I'm just saying that, you know, I just thought I was a coward. And you know, if you're going to do something and you think it's cool, then you should just find a way to do it, not to go in every night. Hey, come on in, kids. Yeah, you're yeah. four. Let's sure. have a smoke. Sure. You know? Sure. Well, it could have been, you know, it wasn't, uh, you know, it's weird with pot because there's always a sort of like, well, you're not drinking every night. You're not, you, you know, yeah. you're not messy. You, yeah. You're not, you know, throwing I'm not, things. I'm not yeah, falling yeah. over, yeah. throwing up like my audition. Yeah, exactly. But the thing with Bob, Smoking with Bob, there was no guilt. There was no worries. There was just fun, fun, fun. And the last time I saw Bob, Catherine fixed one of her lovely, lovely dinners. Uh And his stepdaughter, Connie, another great, great girl, uh, Connie Courier. Uh Uh, And Mm -hmm. Joan Tewksbury. Oh, yay, Joan Joan Tewksbury. And that was the dinner. Connie, Tewksbury, Catherine, Mm. me and Bob. Well, the only two people smoking Mm. were me and Bob. Yeah. So we're like, ah! I mean, yeah. you know, and with Bobby, you could laugh. I mean, many years go by, you don't laugh with yeah. grass if you don't you have yeah, good right. stuff, you know. I mean, you know, <laughs> but we're just laughing at everything. And I say, oh, Catherine, look, he's making bird wings with his hand. She goes, I know, I've seen it, <laughs> you know. And then we laugh twice as hard. Yeah. Oh my God, you know. And, yeah. and uh, I think I really quit after that. I did. I did quit. And uh, no more. No more. No, mm. not for me. Not, and I don't even know how long it's been, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's just, uh, and I know that, you know, there are days and nights, I, hey, that would be nice just to really relax yeah, and let sure. down. But I know for me, it just means keep going. that I'll be going, okay, I can smoke three weeks from tomorrow when I finish working. Yeah. That's an addictive brain. I can brain. have those too, and that's the addictive brain. I, know I didn't like that, yeah. you know? I just don't like that anymore. You start, like, denying yourself and planning around it. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. it. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been sober a while. Yeah, I know that, that where you're planning trips around like I'm gonna have the weekend by myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I can just spend the whole day. Yeah, huh? I know. So, and then really one of the times I quit is that somebody called me at six o'clock at night and said you want to go to a movie, and I'd had a lovely walk with one of my best friends out in the country, you yeah, know, yeah. smoking. By six o'clock, I was ready for bed. You know, <laughs> yeah. a movie? What do you mean a movie? I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. yeah so none of that I liked. Uh, but you, I did have a lot of fun. Oh yeah, times, sounds like it. Know? Yeah, there's a I, there's a picture in the book of you and Henry Kissinger. What was? It oh, from? I know. Speaking of grass, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bob Altman. Did you get high hey, with when, Kissinger? Well, what do you mean? Wouldn't yeah. that be an obvious yeah, yeah, choice, right? Yeah. Well, I do write again in the book about Jennifer Jones. Uh-huh. I don't know if you know who she was. She was married to David Selznick, and she got an Academy Award for Song of Bernadette, and she was one of the great 40s movie stars. Uh-huh. Just the most lovely, beautiful, but grew up in that system of being ta- and, and being taken care of by the studio David. system yeah well and david selznick yeah. you know who did gone with the wind yeah, and, yeah. and you know and yeah. ingrid bergman and he had he uh-huh. found all those people uh-huh. and everything and uh-huh. jennifer was one of them and i had the good fortune to meet her because i was a friend of her son bobby walker jr and that's when we hung out with peter fonda and dennis hopper and <clears throat> all kinds of people and you know did right? you get high with those guys uh, no uh, yeah Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, Dennis and Peter. I hope yeah. I'm not, uh, you know, opening up a can of worms. But, but, and next door was Jane Fonda with Vadim. Oh, right. And she Vadim. was looking like Barbie, Barbarella with yeah. the long blonde hair and uh-huh. speaking. Oh, so you know, beautiful French. And oh, I look God. like, I look like Georgie Girl, you yeah. know, uh, Len Redgrave and Georgie Girl. But then uh, one day on the beach, this beautiful in a caftan and a hat comes by and it's Jennifer, Bobby's wife. Yeah. I'm Bobby's mother. Yeah. Bobby's mo- Bobby Walker. Bobby Walker Jr.'s mother. And um, she just said hello. And 
I was just like spellbound, you know, because I'd grown up watching all those movie stars, yeah, yeah. you know, in the 40s, you uh-huh. know. And uh, the next thing you know, she called me up and asked me if I'd like to come to dinner at her house. And she was such a lovely hostess and beautiful. The way she could throw a dinner party was just fantastic. And and then all these people, you know, that yeah. made it so special. And I and she would invite me to everything, you know. And she was always in my corner. So one night she calls up and says, uh, Sally, darling, we're having a, a dinner party, and Henry F- uh, Kissinger would like you to be his date. I said, ooh, Jennifer, I, I would be embarrassed to be seen with him. And besides, I'm working for McGovern and, you know, picketing the Vietnam War and not the men and women in the, in the Vietnam sure, War. Sure. Yeah. No, you have to really be clear on that because we were all picketing it because we wanted everyone to come home alive and not be killed for nothing, you know, for for a war that... Well, I think yeah. the other side, the right, sort of spun it as the hippies were oh, against the soldiers. Didn't they? And, it's yeah. so sad. And yeah. I mean, Jane, because Jane had felt she cared about the yeah, servicemen sure, and women. Sure. That's what she did care about. Yeah. And she was somebody, she may have gotten a little carried away, you know, yeah. uh, with thinking she could go over there and solve it. You know, I yeah. used to think that going up in San Fernando with the Mexicans that <laughs> I loved, and they were such warm, wonderful people, you know, yeah. a couple of guys knifed in the yeah. <laughs> thing, yeah. but that happens everywhere. Yeah. But when they first started the gangs downtown, I thought, I'll just go down there and say, listen, guys, put away your <laughs> knives, you know, and everything. So, you know, yeah. in your head, you know, you could, it could happen. But, uh-huh. But what does a date mean? That just means you're... You know, it was platonic, whatever right. it was, yeah. definitely. But my mother was a good Republican at the yeah. time. And uh, she sends me this article about he'd been to China. You know, yeah. oh, she was so excited. You know, and I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to get in that house and have to say hello to Henry Kissinger, you know? So anyway, I walk in the night of the party and yeah. he's sitting there and I go over and say, hi, uh, how was China? And he goes, why, does your mother send you an article? And I go, yeah, how did you know? So I said, damn, you know, I had to like him right away, you know. And and he did have a, you know, a delightful uh, sense of humor, uh-huh. and, you know, and everything. And so we go to this table, and there's Rita Hayworth and Joseph Cotton, different uh-huh. people sitting around our uh-huh. table, you know, tables of... Yeah. And and they start teasing about, did you see MASH? No, the president. You know, and they said, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, they kept teasing him. And uh, I guess it was just shortly after I'd gotten... So this is Henry Kissinger at a Hollywood party, and everyone's teasing him. I love it. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now we all stand up at the end of the mm-hmm. dinner. And he says, Ali, would you like to go with me to the Russian ambassador dinner? He's coming here for the first time, a uh, historic event. And uh, I'm looking at R- Rita Hayworth and everybody, you know, I'm like... <laughs> Help! You know, <laughs> no, I can't be seen. You know, what if somebody sees me? Uh-huh. You know, and I go, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't want to embarrass him, and I didn't, you know, I didn't know what to do. Oh, so you just have. I just said, okay. You know, yeah. what if I say, no, thank you. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, yeah. I, you know, and he's just done this in front of everybody, and I, I just didn't. You oh, know. he did that out loud in front. Yeah, of Yeah, that's oh, what okay. I'm saying. We're all standing yeah, yeah. on the table when he says it. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He's still there, you know. Uh-huh. And I'm like, so, and. You know, I, Henry probably hates me with a passion really? right now for telling these stories. I don't know. He had a good sense of humor. but uh, And I ended up liking him, you know, uh, and that was the thing. As far apart as we were politically in every other way, you know, I did end up really liking him. And uh, but uh, His son's in show business. Oh, really? David oh Kissinger runs uh, um, Conan O'Brien's company. Oh, well, he'll he, hate And he was at Universal he'll for a while. He'll hate me. No. But no, but when, so anyway, so before the dinner, he called Sally, just checking to see, and I go, well, Henry, you know what, I'm very ambivalent about this, and because you guys are murderers, and he said, 
well, Sally, I'm sure you don't mean that. And I was still such a rebel, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was intimidated by directors and, you know, desperate to get a job and everything. But, yeah. but Henry Kissinger didn't bother me at all, you know. <laughs> and I said, well, I didn't mean that. And yeah. I, I wouldn't have put it. I just yeah. came out of my mouth, you yeah. know. So anyway, he picked me up, and all the way there, I'm going, you know, well, why are we in Vietnam? Uh-huh. Well, Dick, I said, I don't care about Dick. Why are you in Vietnam? And I'm grilling him. And yeah. whatever his interest in taking me to dinner was, I'm not sure. I'm sure it wasn't that, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't that either. Yeah, but I mean, you know, he he saw a lot of different actresses. I know he loved Jill St. John and mm-hmm. different people. He talked about, oh, she's a great, very smart, and you know, and nice things. And and but anyway, we went to the dinner, and then he asked me to get up and give a to to welcome the ambassador. Ambassador, and I'm like. You know, I was hoping not even to be seen, and I thought it would be like you know, a hundred people, and it was like thirty, uh-huh. and it was John Wayne and Gary uh, oh Grant God. and all these people. I hear John uh, over in the corner. He said, "We should have gone in and wiped them off the face of the earth." He really, I really heard him say that. Really, and he was, an, I really liked him too, because he liked women. You could yeah. tell right away. I mean, he's very respectful. I met him on a Mark Rydell set of the. I forget uh, some western that they were shooting, and uh, what was Cary Grant like? He he doesn't strike oh, me as a Republican. Okay. What was he doing there? Oh, I believe he was. Yeah, oh, I, mean, yeah. I don't know. He was certainly there. Maybe yeah. he was there like me. I don't know. Yeah. What I, I thought right. he was. You know, it sounded like uh, that Henry was you know infatuated with Hollywood. And with he Hollywood, thought, I think. Yeah, exactly. And he wanted uh, the Russian ambassador because Hollywood is known throughout the world. Uh, right, it is the. The entertainment is what we do well here, and, right. and everybody loves John Wayne and Cary Grant. Why not right. the Russian ambassador comes? Look, these are our royalty. This yeah, of is course, what we, yeah, well, of course. And I'm sure Henry, you know, because he could, enjoyed coming to Hollywood and uh-huh. meeting people and things like that. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So he came to one other dinner down the down the beach. Mm-hmm. And now I'd moved to a little tiny house. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the size, not as big as his room, practically. Where you know? Malibu? In Malibu on the yeah. old road. When he got there, I wasn't ready. I had a cocker spaniel. And I, wet hair, I stick my head out and go, come on in, you know, into this little house. He comes in. I didn't have any crackers or cheese or wine or water, anything for him. And I said, I'll be out in a minute. It was about 20 minutes later. And all the time that he sat there in this little tiny room, the dog was going, boo, 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 the the secret service man, you know. So he says, okay, well, let's go. The good liberal dog. Yeah. Yeah. And he's going out to to the car. I say, no, let's just walk. It's just down the thing. He goes, Sally, you're trying to ruin me, you know. Uh, you know, take off his shoes. Well, we did. He walked down the beach with me, and uh, I guess the Secret Service men were somewhere. They were secret. Yeah. And, uh, you know, nice evening with everyone, and uh, home, and, you know, handshake or kiss on the cheek, and off he went. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got two wonderful notes from him. He said, from Russia with love. Mm-hmm. First time they ever went to Russia. Mm-hmm. That was one postcard. And the other one was, sorry, I haven't written lately. Been <clears throat> I've been busy stopping a war. Mm-hmm. What have you been up to? Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, that night in the little house, yeah. uh, you were trying to ruin me, and he said, Sally, I know you were working for McGovern, but when we win, we will still give you a passport. <laughs> so when they won, <laughs> I sent a telegram to the White House, Dear Henry, all right, I give up, you win, do I still get a passport? <laughs> Ring, Sally, you are trying to ruin me, you know. <laughs> that was his joke. Yeah, and then, you know, uh, because he had a good sense of humor, you know, it makes you, you know, wittier and funnier, sure. you know. So, and then he's saying, oh, Sally... The red line is on. 
So I took a beat and so yeah. you know who's more important? Yeah. Sally, you're trying to ruin me. You know? <laughs> so I wonder if the, that was my relationship. It was totally platonic. Right. He was a very nice guy. I wonder if they were trying to like. I don't know. It seems like he seemed to like the glitz, but it's. I think that you know after after you know in the early seventies and late sixties, I imagine that Nixon felt that Hollywood was against him, and they still sort of use that framework. You know that the uh, Hollywood doesn't is a bunch of lefties, and, and yeah. I wonder if they were trying to sort of court you know hollywood in some way maybe i, yeah. I don't have a clue yeah, you know i mean i really and, and why i certainly wasn't the glitziest one around you yeah, know, yeah. so i don't uh, know why but right. uh, but anyway people always say marlon brando henry kissinger i don't get quite get that yeah. what did you say something else oh altman and then yeah, yeah. well no it's just like you had some great experiences with it. it was great that it must have been amazing to be around that generation of those actors and have that opportunity to having grown up with them and, and actually be and then around. actually get to sit with them and then Carrie walk by and say, "Hello, Sally, Carrie Grant." He always announced his name, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Carrie Grant. He was pretty darn dreamy. What was it like working with, uh, like, uh, you know, I'm a comedian and I love Rodney I know Dangerfield. You are. I love Rodney, and you work with Rodney. I did. Because I mean, that's like another role that people remember you for. I mean, yeah. that, back to school. Back to school. It was back to school. Yeah, it was. Did you like him? Oh, I liked him a lot. Yeah, because that was my job. Yeah. My job. It was the easiest job as an actress I ever had. Yeah. All I had to do was love him. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> to me, he was no trouble whatsoever. And the director really loved his talent and yeah. really appreciated him. He said, say, Rodney, plant those feet and speak. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and <laughs> I, I this is my one brag that I do in life. That yeah. The director said to me he felt that I I helped make Rodney human. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, believable in That's a, a, good in a point. relationship. You know? Sure. So, but I, because I just had to love him, you know, and then be sincere about it. So, because he was always so... I don't know how I ever forgave him for that hot tub thing with all those uh, swimmers, you know, with a <laughs> yeah, snorkel. Yeah, yeah. But, you well, know... It was a pretty broad comedy. Everybody's yeah. waiting to... To hear why, you know, oh, what was it like working with him? Well, the truth is we were not best friends, you know. It wasn't like we hung out. He was so serious about the work. And at night in his robe, he'd be right now working on those jokes. The jokes, you know? right. People stop me, again, along with, uh, you know, hey, hot lips, I get. Yeah. Call me sometime when you got no class, you <laughs> yeah. know, is one of the, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. biggies, yeah, you know. Yeah. So, uh, and that was all Rodney. And it was just uh, so special. <clears throat> and my my funny story about him. But anyway, we'd get into the... I hadn't made a studio film in a while, and they drove us everywhere. If they were shooting across the street from my house, we would go together, and they'd drive us across the street. You know, that's how they treated us. And he'd be in the limo going, oi, 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 I don't know how you can stand this. is the worst moment of my life, you know. Is this his first movie? I mean, like, he waited a long time to get well, that he attention. Well, he did. He'd already did Caddyshack. And okay, yeah, right. Yeah. And he came in one morning, in the, you know, 6 a.m., all right, I'm stoned, you know, and he was always kind of sweating and, you know, <laughs> things like that. And uh, uh, But one night, so now we've gotten a little chummier, and he was being honored at the airport somewhere. So he said, you want to come to the airport? You're honoring me. And I said, sure, I'd love to. Thanks so much. So he brought a woman, and, you know, we're in the backseat of the limo and have a drink and, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And uh, But on the way home, I just thought, well, this is really nice. You know, yeah. I said, you know, Rodney, well, I guess I should preface it. You know, he was a nightclub guy. Sure, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. He had nightclubs. Yeah. He Vegas. That's yeah. his. That was his thing. Yeah. So I said to him in the car, you know, Rodney, you're going to have to come up to the house one night and have dinner with Jonathan and me. Well, the look on his face <laughs> was, I'd rather get in a helicopter and jump 
and come to your house and have a nice quiet dinner, you know. Completely oh, shocked. God, oh, what are you kidding me? Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. The look on him, he didn't say it, but the look on his face was, oh my God, I, I have chuckled about that. <laughs> <laughs> like it was completely out of the realm of possibility. My possibility. How could, I, how could I have so misjudged, yeah, you yeah. know, me <laughs> that, who was, you know. That he was a person that would have dinner at someone's house. Oh my God. That's right. Yeah. Where are we at now? You're just... Where, 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 what are you doing? You got the book out and you're singing. All right, and I'm singing. And you're acting in my show. And right. I'm acting I, in I, I your show. And I want to thank you for that. It was very nice of you. That, whether you like when you did the walking thing and you were on the phone and then you know you, you actually uh, came over to the house and you were in the other room when I was on the phone and you did the lines with me and that was very nice. You uh, didn't have to do that. Oh, uh, no, I was happy to do it. And, uh, and just so thrilled. I mean, you have so many fans, so many people that just love you to death. So now I'm one. Oh, thank you. And uh, so that's really great. And, uh, Maybe next season we'll do more of those. That do the, You can be my mom again. Yeah, I think you better have me as the mom. I'm, what do you, I will. You're a lot, you're a lot what like are you my gonna, mom. Yeah, I'm just like your mom. I bet. A little bit. Am I? Well, my mom's got the crazy food thing, too. Oh, yeah. How yeah. Do you, how'd you know? Did I say something about crazy? Oh, yeah, from when I was younger, mm -hmm. yeah. She's got the exact same thing. I'm really crazy now, too. And I'm, I'm just now, I'm trying to gain weight. I said to my husband about uh, oh, a year or so, and I said, Jonathan, uh, do you think I'm too thin now? I, I, you know, That's a loaded question. Yeah, do you think I'm too thin? Because, you know, when people get older and, you you know, your yeah. face gets too thin and then you look too, too old and everything. And Do you think he said, darling? I've just spent the last 25 years worrying whether you're too fat. I'm not sure I can do the next 25 worrying whether you're too thin. And this uh, week I lost weight and I don't know why. And I saw it last night I had two big dishes of chocolate ice cream with marshmallow sauce yeah. and then a big hamburger sandwich nice. that I made myself. Uh, I was so full. I, was, yeah. I don't think I couldn't sleep a wink, you know, because oh. I try to eat nourishingly, you yeah. know. With the candy bar and uh -huh. the cookies, isn't it fun though when you like when you actually you, you allow yourself the uh, the freedom to eat like that? Isn't it? Yeah, fun? it was fun. I must <laughs> say that first dish of ice cream because I always get uh, low fat yogurt, no, you know, no. ice cream. You know yeah. what I mean? And I thought I went right when I heard when uh -huh. I got on the scale. Well, I'm going right to you know Ralph's and get hugging us yeah. chocolate ice cream. Oh you know, yeah, the richest kind. Yeah, the richest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you look great. Oh, thank you. And thanks for talking to me. Thank you for having me. How amazing is she? Seriously. Couldn't you just listen to her voice forever? God, I love her. Uh, I really appreciate Sally Kellerman for coming down. I, I hope you enjoy her book, Read My Lips. Some good stories. Pow! Look out. Just shit my pants. Justcoffee.coop. Available at WTFPod.com as well as uh, other things. Got some merch on the way. We're kind of trying to stock up for Christmas. Go over there, check some stuff out. Don't be a dick. Leave a comment. But Jesus, man, there's like 12 people that comment there. And I don't know. I read it sometimes and I'm like, eh, should I just shut down this comment board? Jesus Christ. I'm drinking way too much coffee. Fucking way too much coffee. Way too many nicotine lozenges. I think I'm hitting some sort of bottom. But what if I take those two things away? If I take those away, what have I got? What have I got? Me. I've got me. Maybe it's time for you to be with you, man. For once. Can you handle it? Can you handle it? I don't know. I don't know, man. Things seem to lose their meaning, you know? If you really sit with yourself, just quietly, just like, you know, you can go either way. You can either go, you can take the what's the point path, 
or the life is amazing path. I just seem to let them battle it out. That's it. Boomer lives!